When was like that first moment? I was so nervous. I think every piece sold in about an hour and a half. And I remember coming home to my dad with like 350 euro or something. And I was like, look what I made today. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's just the whole idea of making something yourself yeah. and other people loving it. And not alone that, spending their hard earned money to buy something that you've created. And I'm just so eager to find out how you're in Fashion Weeks, Vogue Williams, showing off your lovely jewellery on the red carpet. We have got an incredible female guest on today. I will wait to introduce her in a few moments, but first, yogis, we're here. We're here to listen. We're here to look after ourselves. We're here to take some time. But before we do, before you put me on in your walk, at home, while you do whatever, let's have a little stretch. So if you can, just reach your arms out lovely and wide, your palms face up towards the ceiling, and then just do a big sweep of your two arms right above the head. Make a little namaste above the head and then on your exhale take the hands all the way down either side by your sides let's do three more inhale expand up to the ceiling stretch exhale back down and again inhale all the way up exhale back really plant those feet as you stretch one more big inhale rise stretch it up namaste lightly together and exhale the arms by your sides relax shrug the shoulders back and let's have a moment maybe a little shake okay we're back we're back <laughs> next episode so listen to Blahin's story. I feel like it's going to inspire you all. But remember, this podcast is sponsored by myself, yogawithmora.ie. 25% off my online studio. Use the code podcast. So let's listen team. Enjoy and chat to you all very soon. Remember, you can get in touch at hello at yogawithmora.ie. Any questions, any feedback, I'm always learning. So welcome everyone to the More Rap podcast. We have got a very special guest. We've got Blahin, Blahin Ennis. Um, she is an incredible jewellery designer and so much more. So I'm going to let Blahin introduce herself and yeah we're gonna have a lovely chat about business and so much more thank you so much for having me it's like such a privilege to be on your podcast so I think for people that don't know me at all my name is Blahine Ennis and I know we met in school years ago so that's how we know each other but I am the director the creative director and the maker behind my own jewellery brand, which is called Blahine Ennis. And I specialise in handmade jewellery and couture accessories. And they're all made by me from my studio. And I've been in business now about 10 years. Oh my God. Amazing. Amazing. So Blahine mentioned there briefly that we went to school together down in Gorey. And funny enough, we just realised that we were actually both the new girls. I moved to school in fifth yeah. year and you just said you did as well. Yes. We and were, they, they um, never even introduced us as the new girls. We, I didn't, never knew that you were new. Now I know the school was huge and our year was really big. There were Massive, so many different yeah. classes. So I don't even know if we were, I think we might've been in one class together. Yeah. So that's probably why I'm guessing that, that we never overlapped in classes. Yeah, I just knew you. And I remember just over the years watching your business flourish. I was like, oh my God, I remember, oh I remember Blaheen. So it's, it's been lovely to to um, watch your journey. But honestly, I have been following you for a long time. And we kind of bumped into each other in Cahors. 
We do. Wexford. Was it a couple of summers ago or something? Yeah, I think it was during maybe COVID. Yeah. I think you'd gotten your dog. Um, that was COVID then. That was, was once it, time. And she was a puppy. Yeah. Okay. The little bananas puppy. That's when I saw you the last time. Yeah. So I think it was during COVID, the lockdowns. Yeah, I think that's stuff. about three years ago. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Mad. So I just said that I want us to have a little chat, hear about your journey. I just feel like you are obviously someone that had a passion and turned it into a business. But randomly enough, I actually wanted to go to NCAD, which I believe is where you studied. Yes. Uh, it was the only subject in school that I really loved. I wasn't in the amazing art class that you were in. I was in a different art class, but I actually did a portfolio to get into NCAD and I didn't get in, Blaheen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but you weren't in my portfolio class. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. So oh. I actually did it a year after. Okay. Oh uh, my God, I did not know that. Yeah. And did you only apply to NCAD? No, I applied to a few okay. others. So I ended up okay. going to art college, but I went to Carlo IT Oh my God, campus. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. That's mad. There you go now. That's mad. Yeah, no, I did my portfolio Oh, it was, I remember it just being quite stressful because I was doing my leaving cert and my portfolio. And thank God I had Mr. McCluskey, who was the art teacher down in Gorey. And I think he's the best I art did, teacher down there. He, he's amazing. And I did my portfolio with him. And subsequently, my younger sister, Neve did her portfolio with him and my cousin, Catherine. Really? So, um, yeah, uh, he's just great. And I was so fortunate that we had a teacher that could do the portfolios. But I know a lot of my friends would have done a year after um, school and done a year portfolio so it just yeah. depends on everyone you know yeah that's what I did um, now and I was very scatty didn't focus too much on it was hopeful I get in but also didn't really believe I'd get in and that was probably the whole power of the universe well, I think <laughs> at that time the art colleges that are around now there there wasn't as many like no. there was I think Limerick and NCAD at the time when I was applying and again it, like in terms of geography they're so far from each other yeah. so a lot of people that want to maybe go to Dublin would apply to NCAD so it just it's yeah it's tough but things have changed now hugely there's amazing places to study you yeah know, so. yeah no that's amazing mm. so I am gonna ask you how would your friends introduce you or how would you introduce yourself give us a little maybe give us ah. the two sides <laughs> I'd say some of my closest friends that I've like lived with over the years and stuff they would probably say I'm a bit like Phoebe from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very random and a bit mad. But then at the same time, I'd like to think that they think I'm a really good friend and that I'm a kind person and that I, I'm generally funny and I try not to take things too seriously. No, I love that. I can get that off you. Get that energy off you. I didn't think the Phoebe now, you know, but you know well, what? Well, one of my best friends, Steve, who I've lived with for years, I'd be like, he's like Joey and I'm a bit Phoebe, um, but he still laughs at me. He laughs at me all the time. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm so funny to you, but yeah. he just thinks I'm hilarious. And I was like, I I just, I don't know. Just take it. It's a good compliment. It's, yeah. I love Phoebe. Yeah, yeah. So and I love, I love friends as well. As well so... <laughs> Yeah, it's a compliment. Love that. Love that. So I'm trying to make these interviews not so formal. So sure. I want you just to take a little trip down memory lane at me. Yes. And obviously we've talked about you went to art college, but like where did the jewellery come out of? Like when did this start or when did this whole business, like your business is so impressive. You've been in fashion weeks. So many people wear your jewellery all around the world. And I just love to hear basically where all that began from NCAD. It's so funny because it does feel like a journey, but 
I think it was, if I look back on it now, it was just such an organic process. If I'm really honest, I never set out intentionally to start a business and I never finished and said, I want to have my own brand. I want to have my own jewellery brand. My background is textile design. So I studied embroidered textiles for my degree. And when I finished my degree, it was the height of the recession. I had just been working in New York with Diane von Furstenberg and I had worked part-time in Seafield Hotel down in Ballymoney. And I <laughs> blew all my money when I was in New York because I was interning and, you know, everyone is familiar with the design world that, you know, you're not paid a huge amount when you're interning and it's all about the experience. So all my savings were gone when I finished my degree and I literally was like, I don't really have an option but to get a job and get started on something. So I had applied to so many local stores down in Gory. I moved back home and I applied for loads of jobs and it was just so unfortunate because the local people yeah. in Gory, they're amazing and everyone is so lovely and unfortunately the response you know people just were not hiring it was it, the country was in dire straits I remember this was this around 2011 yeah 2011 yeah. 2012 and anyway I was very fortunate I went in one day to a shop and I said look I just love some experience here I love the shop I'd work for free and needless to say I did a week with them and I, the owner was like, you're not working for free. And they hired me. And it happened to be Place Boutique in Gory that I started working with. And Juliana, who is the owner there, is a really good friend of mine and has been a mentor throughout my entire business journey. She was the person that said, let me see some of your work from your degree. And I remember bringing it in one day and she was like, this is really amazing. You know, Blind, you should really try and sell some of this. Yeah. And I think it's also when you go to, and, and you would know, like when you go to any art college, it it's so critical. Everything is based on critical analysis. So they're never going to tell you, this is really good. It's This is good and you can work on this. And that's the way it should be. But as a result, four years of that kind of critical yeah. analysis, your confidence with a lot of things is a little bit lower than the normal person. You think back then maybe you didn't believe that you were as good as you were? I think you just needed maybe somebody not from the college background to look at it from an isolated perspective of the work and say, yeah, this is definitely worthy of something and you can do something here. So that definitely gave me the confidence um, with Juliana and she was amazing. And I got such an insight into working in her shop. There was visual merchandising, there was buying, there was styling customers. Yeah. It's so much more than a boutique and she's still going strong. Place.ie, if anyone is. Amazing. Um, it's like incredible. So that for me was like the beginning of my journey. And then my first ever experience selling to the public was in Springmount Garden Centre in Ballycanew. And I took a Christmas stall and I said, I'm going to make some pieces. And I remember my dad saying like, what will be the outcome of this? I think at the beginning, my dad was a bit hesitant. He was like, you know, you want to get yourself a proper job. And, you know, I remember coming Just home. Just like a practical approach. What is a proper yeah, job? You yeah. Know? And because I'm actually the eldest of all my cousins, I'm the eldest grandchild. So I didn't have anyone that went to college to ask or anyone that was doing their own thing. I'm also the eldest in my family. So it was just, there was nobody that I could really, how would you say, 
just kind of look to as an example. Yeah, and I just have to say there, like it first thing that really jumped out to me that you had the initiative, right? To go into the shop, I'll work for free. I just want the experience. So you already yeah. had the work ethic. You already had the fire. You already did believe that you could do something. Mm. Okay. I know you want to financially support yourself. So that's, I think that takes a lot in a character to do that. Then also setting up a little stall. And I myself, as a businesswoman, I have got amazing people like all of my family are entrepreneurs. All of them work for themselves. So I had five, six voices of my brothers, my dad, pushing me on and mm. telling me, of course you can. And I think that's a lot to do with what, why I was able to do what I do. Obviously, none of them are yoga teachers and, you know, I yeah. do my own thing. But the fact that you're able to do it yourself, like that is a lot. Well, that I, a I will woman. say my, my parents are incredibly supportive and I actually wouldn't be in business without them, I think, because they're kind of sounding boards for me as well. And in fairness, both my parents are quite entrepreneurial in their own way. My mom had to Montessori school for years and my dad, okay has his own thing going on and they also work very well together as a team and so I was kind of witness to all that and I was so fortunate that I could work from home Maura like yeah. I took over their office and I made that my little studio they were so good and so supportive and I think it just depends on your circumstance yeah. but you know they I gave, yeah, I'm so support. fortunate a lot yeah. of people are paying rent and they need a job to pay their rent. Whereas I was able to, I was in my early 20s, I was able to indulge myself yeah. in what I love to do. And I didn't have that worry. So I think it is different for different people, like people in their 30s with other responsibilities of paying a mortgage. It might not be so easy as opposed to, you know, when you're in your 20s. So I always would say to people that are a little bit younger to go for it. Yeah, None of this like... You've got traveling a scary and seeing the world is great but if you like something and you want to do something do it when you can and put everything you have into it it's not saying that when you're older you can't uh, absolutely you can but there might be just more opportunities and leeway for you to really go for it when you're a little bit younger I think that's really incredible advice there I know what you're saying you had a little bit of a safety net which was nice. And yes. I feel like I had yeah. that as well. The fact that I could just go out. I moved back home with my parents when I was aside in my business, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's really good to recognize that, that we are privileged. And I think a lot of people are like, I think the circumstances were probably right for you at the time. You had the support, but you still, nobody told you to make the jewelry. You know, yes. it's yours. It's your baby. So I, obviously it's really nice to be thankful and to recognize the support you had, but also it wouldn't happen without you. Well, I think even for me, I was almost self-taught in my own techniques yeah. because a lot of people would associate jewellery with gold and silver. And for people that aren't familiar with my own work, it's quite a tactile aesthetic I have. So I use a really light mesh and that's been the primary aesthetic to all my collections, whether it be designing the couture pieces or the ready to wear. But I think because I started out in the recession, I always felt, especially even in college, that it was very narrow space for handmade products yeah. at the time. And if you wanted to purchase something for a gift and you're in college and you'd maybe 30 euro, you couldn't really find a piece of jewellery for that price point. Things have changed hugely now, but I always said if I started something up, I really wanted to be accessible to as many people as I could. I felt there's sometimes this association and elitism with design and yeah. it's not the case. And that was something I really wanted to do. And I was like, I'd sooner sell 50 pairs of earrings at 30 euro than 
one pair of earrings at five or six hundred euro. That was just the type of person I was. Yeah. I, I wanted people to be able well, to. I just wanted to connect to the people that you are. Yeah. Connect with yourself yeah. As, an, yeah. as the audience. Yeah. Like, and can I ask about the earrings you have on? Are they yours? They are mine. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. They're <laughs> from the Circle and Stem collection, but they're like a navy color. So I do different kind of colors. My first collection was like, I love my darker colors. So I love like black. And I think probably with the weather in Ireland, we tend to wear navy, we tend to wear black. My first collection was dark. It was called the Topaz collection with the crystals and then I've more kind of geometric, colourful pieces as well. So oh, it's stunning. I'm going to have to treat myself and support you, you because they're a whole, I feel like they can just totally be a whole outfit with something really well, plain. Well, that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. For me, it's kind of like, I want to elevate a look, but yeah. you don't have to do it by buying a whole new outfit. So you can have something in your wardrobe that you love, um, whether it be a blazer or a shirt, and you just want to jazz it up a bit. So you put on a pair of earrings and away you go for oh the God, evening. I need you to dress me as well because I'm literally living in <laughs> leggings. Oh, I <laughs> love, love your style. It's love really cool. It, and I love it. your jumper actually with the stripe. <laughs> Thank you. You know, this podcast is pretty new. So I'm still learning about interviewing people, but I am just myself. I'm dying to know when was like that first moment? So I know you got your stall going, that kind of story. You got your stall going. It went in Springmount Valley Canoe. That went well, obviously, that first time. So that was the first moment. Okay. So I think I remember coming home and my mom had done the fair with me and I was so nervous, Maura. Like I'd never charged people for my work and <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And I remember myself and my mom, we set up the table, we brought this like antique table from our garage and I got like some paper and tissue and I lit a little candle and I had everything displayed and it was very simple. It was all the same aesthetic and I brought one of my couture pieces from my degree which kind of sat alongside the jewellery. But I was so nervous. I think every piece sold in without about an hour and a half. People Amazing. were so responsive. They were like, I haven't seen pieces like this. This is so unusual. And I remember coming home to my dad with, I think, 350 euro or something. And I was like, look what I made today. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was just, yeah, I think it's just the whole idea of making something yourself. Yeah. And other people loving it and not alone that but like spending their hard-earned money to buy something that you've created it's like the ultimate and it still it's is so it's, special it's mine you know? and I love that it's handmade. it will never change that it's feeling Irish it's so incredible to be able to like there's something always so special about buying something handmade yeah from someone I definitely will try always choose something like that so that's where you began and I'm just so eager to find out how you're in fashion weeks I think I've seen Vogue Williams showing off your lovely jewellery. You have red carpets. I know mm. I'm big. I love Vogue Williams, have to say. But maybe fast forward a little bit of where it kind of all... I think it really started for me when the first celebrity wore my jewellery and put me on the map locally in Gorey because I remember the paper called me about it. I and it was Nicole it. Scherzinger and she wore oh my, my cuff and my earrings on a performance of Gary Barlow on New Year's Eve. And it was actually during the time of The X Factor. And I love The X Factor. I think it was the James Arthur year. And um, <laughs> I, I just love Nicole Scherzinger. I just think she's so cool. She's so talented. She's so quirky. Love her style. But it was her stylist that contacted me through Twitter. 
And I remember I did a Twitter course with the LEO in Wexford. And I was like, I don't know how to use any of the social media. And anyway, they were like, you should post up your work and follow people that you think you like that are relative. And um, anyway, this stylist contacted me. She was like, I just saw your work. I'm Nicole stylist. Is any chance you could send some pieces over? So this was in like a day or two. And I was like, oh my God. So I was like up at the airport with FedEx getting suitcases and stuff over. Anyway, she ended up wearing stuff. And because it was a live performance and it was so difficult, like even Instagram wasn't as big a thing as it yeah. was, but it was just so amazing. And that really started the ball rolling, I think. And people were calling, can I get those earrings? And I hadn't even an online shop at this point. So yeah. online had started to take off and then I created my website and stuff. But yeah, like even Vogue, Vogue is such a genuine supporter. She wore one of my couture pieces years ago and it was for a shoot for Irish Tatler at the time. And we started following each other. And ever since, if I have a new collection, she'll wear it for me. Like she's just really supportive. Love and that. I think... I think Irish women love to support yeah, Irish women, don't yeah, they? Yeah, <laughs> like Una Healy is another person. She wore my pieces on The Voice of Ireland oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. at the time and has ever since been really supportive and sends me her shoes. And oh, she's really? so nice. That's a good and connection there. <laughs> who else? Like, you know, yeah, just in general. I think the Irish, what's great about them is they're not really false. They're very genuine and if they like something so and they'll wear I think it all that kind of support has really meant a lot to me and they know I'm the face behind the brand and I make every piece so yeah, um, so you make every single piece yourself. I make every single piece but I love it I, I really love it it's yeah. um, my favourite thing to do when all the admin is done <laughs> yeah same I'll do all the yoga in the world just the admin is the boring yeah. stuff what would be like your typical day then would you go through a creative spell where you'd just be like okay I'm just going to make this whole new range now or would you just kind constantly be making stuff all the time? I think it depends. I would even have said, I think I am a night owl. And when I started my business first and you weren't necessarily in a business role as much as I would be now. And when you get up in the morning, it's emails from 9.30 to 11, prime email time. You don't email people at 12 o'clock at night. No. So when I started out first, a lot of my couture pieces, I would make very late at night until 3 a.m. sometimes. But that's because my routine is different and I wasn't living with anyone at the time and I could just do my own thing. Whereas now you're in a more in a routine where you have to also consider somebody else. I've tried to kind of make it a little bit more balanced. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I love weekends working and making because you don't have that pressure of like emails and stuff and you can just switch off and I'll have different points in the day. But even during a general week, I will have my list. I'm a list girl. I have to work by list. So I'll work through my list and then by a certain point in the day, okay, I'll say from 4.30 to 6 or 7, I'm just going to make, but I have to compartmentalize my day. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I'm a list girl as well and I'm someone that I will actually cross it off the list even if it's done just to make myself feel better oh about my the god list. It's, it's the best thing ever <laughs> um, so I just want to say I just think that sometimes like when you're in the creative side I, I think I am in a creative industry as well and there's running your business okay mm -hmm. But also running your business is being the creator of, of, for me, creating yoga classes. I need to spend a couple of hours planning my classes, not just the teaching classes. This is the stuff I love. Okay, this is me on my mat, being creative, filling my cup, planning the month theme ahead, doing all that work and then also teaching the class. What really gets me and that I find the, the balance hard with is the emails, the social media, mm -hmm. the marketing, 
the accounts, all of the 10 other things, 20 other things on the list. And it's, I love, I get my fire from teaching the yoga, from creating the yoga. And then all that other stuff does drag me down a bit, but it has to be done. It has to be done. Absolutely. Especially when we are the director, the CEO, the everything of the business. So I am someone that preaches balance, yoga, meditation. I I'm trying to practice what I preach. <laughs> I definitely don't really have the balance at the moment, but I also only have myself to look after. So it's a little bit easy. So what I'm trying to say is, obviously, do you find that difficult having to do both sides? Or are you just used to it now? Because you're in business quite a long time. I think if anyone is listening and they've started something themselves or they've started a new job, it doesn't have to be starting their own business. But when you begin those first initial years everything is amplified because you haven't done it before so even this podcast to me doing this years ago would have been so scary but because I, I've done a lot of interviews I chat to people quite often it's not so scary to me so you do get used to it you get more familiar with your processes let's say yeah so I think as the years go on in business, you definitely get more used to and familiar with certain processes. But I think trying to manage everything yourself is really difficult. My closest friends will laugh at me because I'm just not a tech girl. Having said all that, I'm running my online shop and I'm running my social media platforms. So you just need to get on top of it. And there's no way around it. And you just have to teach yourself and there's no secret to it. Yeah. I know people get social media managers and all that stuff, but... I just don't know if that really works for a lot of businesses. I think it, it depends on the business. For me, like I am the designer and the, the face behind my brand. And I really like the slow fashion process in the sense that when people contact me or send me an email or send me a direct message on Instagram, they are getting me. Yeah. They're, they're not getting a please press one. <laughs> I want people to be able to call me and say, I have this outfit, I'm looking for these earrings. And I think part of the fashion industry and business as well, it needs to kind of just take a step back the way it used to be a little bit. I think some of us are getting carried away with ourselves and it's nice to reach another person on the end of the phone. I actually think that's such powerful advice because I feel myself, I have at times got a little virtual assistant to help me with things. And I'm like, I would rather help someone in their body if they're saying they're having this issue in their yoga practice or I yes. would rather just even though the time is difficult I suppose to have boundaries of when you answer these questions that come in and that's a whole part of it but I think that's really powerful we don't want to all talk to robots we know there's AI out there and it can help us in so much ways yeah. but being the face of your brand being the human and actually genuinely able to give your expert opinion back to someone is powerful yeah I, I, I really I do believe that like authenticity is key and for me it's very important. So, you know, I want to represent my own products and my own brand the way I want to. So having a social media manager for me doesn't really make sense. However, it depends on the business you have. So if you're selling one product and you can get, you know, experts in and, and that's amazing. And don't get me wrong, I wouldn't say no to that. It just depends on what I'm doing and what I want to represent. That's it, 100%. And as well, I think sometimes when people, you know, create a business and for a business to last, I think 
taking it in steps slowly. Sometimes we can get excited and run ahead and then create this big, massive monster <laughs> that we can't control, but being able to control it. And I think I could be a little bit of a control freak and I like to control my business. I, I'm exactly the same. And I would also touch on when, when you asked me about how I got to this point and with Fashion Week or the Oscars and Vogue Williams and yeah. stuff like that. I've always taken the advice, like I would have said, somebody like Steve Harvey, who is an American comedian, his own personal story is very inspiring to me. And I'd listened to a lot of his motivational speaking when I started out. And, you know, over the last few months, I'd be sitting in my studio, I'd say, I'll listen to a bit of Steve Harvey, see what he's to say. But Will Smith said something very pertinent that I listened to years ago, and it stuck with me. And it's about something about like, you don't set out to build a wall. And he said, you lay each brick the best way, the best possible way that you can lay that brick every day until eventually you have the wall. So it's it's like a business. You don't set out and say, I want my jewellery to be on the Oscars. Instead, you say, I just want to make things that I love, that I think people will love. And I want to build a customer base. Blahine, sorry to interrupt, but I need to know how you got your jewellery into the Oscars. Oh, well, it's so funny because I think definitely I've had so many questions this year about who is my marketing PR person about this, thinking I have a PR person to get me on the Oscars. The really nice story is that the actress, Kate Nikonahig, she played the mother in On Colleen Kuhn. And she called me just randomly out of the blue one day and said, look, I'm going on the Oscars. I love your jewellery. I have a dress and I would love to combine it with some of your jewellery. And I was like, oh my God, yes. What <laughs> um, the really nice story is actually that Kate's sister is a customer of mine and she bought some jewellery from a shop in Galway. And I think Kate had admired maybe a bracelet she was wearing and she was like, this is Blahine Ennis. You should contact her about jewellery for the Oscars because she makes couture pieces. And that's how that evolved. So I met Kate one day, we did a fitting. She tried on lots of different pieces and she was so lovely to work with. It was such a huge thing for her as an actress to be going to this amazing showcase filled with like talented actors and stuff. So I was like, oh my God, it was incredible to have my work on show and it got great coverage. And I just think it's so nice for my customers as well that, you know, so many people have supported me. So it's lovely to be able to share that news with them as well. I absolutely love that. I just think it goes to show you got to look after the people that come into your shop on a daily basis or come to somewhere absolutely. in Galway and look where it can bring you. I think that's the universe giving you what you deserve. And obviously all these incredible experiences come because you just believe in yourself. Other people believe in it and then people that are in these positions they're just normal people that like good jewellery and that's basically it isn't it yeah like it's a real compliment it's such a personal thing I always think of it there's the entrepreneurial and business side but then there's also the creative side and you have to give yourself the room to be creative I feel like me being creative is my yoga class but I also have to be a businesswoman to help fund everything and it's like just kind of making the two work together really well. Can I ask you, do you think everybody can be an entrepreneur or work for themselves? I would say no. <laughs> yeah. Just from my experience over the years, I've been very fortunate. Whatever 
experiences that I've had where I've met people in their own businesses. I remember at the beginning, even in the LEO in Wexford, I was probably at some certain stages, you know, very few of the women entrepreneurs in the room and you'd meet a lot of people and they just have a drive and it's really unexplainable but there's just something about them and you just know they're going to do very well but I do think in the creative industry the industry I'm in like for me it's slow fashion I don't have a factory manufacturing my jewelry I'm making every piece and I like to think when people buy it they're buying a piece of me that I sat down and made this piece for them but at the same time I wouldn't be in business if I wasn't making sales. So there is a fine line and you have to get to a point as well where you might not be making sales. So the actual business perspective, you have to kind of ask yourself and be honest with yourself. And, you know, for me, I think as I spoke to you earlier about more the garden centre, in a garden centre fair, that's where I started. And it was because a load of strangers came and bought my work. If I had asked my family I don't know. They could have been really nice about it and said, oh, these are lovely. We'll buy them. real customers. Yeah. So you need to kind of be able to separate your passion. And I love singing. I might not be the best singer. I'm not going to go and (laughs) record an album. (laughs) So you have to be realistic as well. And it is another mantra I live by. It's the Steve Harvey mantra. What is your gift? Your gift is the thing you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. So I I know that that my gift is not adding up my accounts at the end of the year. My gift is designing and and creating (laughs) stuff. But at the same time, you have to be realistic and you have to know, is it feasible, your business? Like you have to live, you have to feed yourself. And I think in Ireland, in society in general, and I think even the education system, we're not taught it enough because we are very fortunate to be living in Ireland. And from my travels, you know, you see so many people and they have to work to live. They don't have the novelty that we have to be able to be entrepreneurial because they are working to live. And I think so many young people need to know that, that we live in this amazing society where women particularly are also valued and very much seen as equals in society. And I know we've a long way to go, but we're getting there. Um, But it's so important. And I think it really has to be said much earlier on, like we need to be taught this in school. You can do whatever you want. We are fortunate to live in this society. So go for it. That's it. I have to say, when I was in school, the only thing I liked about school was the crack in my friends. There was nothing in the, in school that really I feel, which might sound bad, that's helped me with my business today. Nothing that really? I've learned from school. Mm. Maybe mm. the connections of humans, being able to talk to people. There's so much about the education system that I disagree with. Yeah. And, and partly because my mom... it's better now as well than it used to be. Yeah, but my mom would have studied the Montessori method. And yeah. the key philosophy there is every child they do to learn and they learn at their own pace and in their own time. So they're not put into a classroom and pitted against one another. At the same time, that competitive environment is good. It gives you a tough skin. I think having your own business, you have to have a tough skin. You are going to get people that are not happy with the product and it's just not for them. And that's part and parcel of it. But I do think the actual, yeah, the education system, there's so much more that we can do. And 
and you see it now that they, they are crying out for apprenticeships and uh, carpenters and people that are can do and people can that make can use their hands we need yeah. those people in the world so we definitely it's, do it's yeah you don't want to get carried away bring it back to basics and i just think even in the fashion industry the world the consumerism i think it's really nice to see that people are being made more aware like you say who can i buy from that's local yeah um, and it's more attainable it, it doesn't have to be really expensive you can get really beautiful quality products at good prices so it's just making people more aware as also the environment as well you know when we're, we're yeah. buying i love that i shouldn't know the term was slow fashion well you know obviously the opposite to fa- fast fashion the environmental thing is difficult because there's just so many facets yeah. to it um but for me i'm proud of the fact that i make everything I'm not using huge fossil fuels uh, in my making process I source everything from businesses that I know that are good reputable sources and And I do my very best supporting local I do my very best I think as long as we're all aware and we're trying our best that's all we can do really as well exactly um but I also just feel like can I ask you what is your downtime what is what does Blaheen do to fill her cup when you know work is so busy and you need time just to de-stress give us whatever you do like I'm kind of boring like (laughs) um but like I'm not really like the gym girl you know and I love good food but I do enjoy like just a walk a walk with my dog in a lovely place the very simple things I love making a nice dinner and my fiance is a really good cook that is something that we both enjoy and there is nothing nicer after a long stressful day oh, you're so lucky I married a that... man that can't cook <laughs> and he just eats to fuel he doesn't oh, eat I to love, taste <laughs> like I love just sitting down to a good meal and just a good program like yeah. a documentary or a Netflix show like it's literally very simple things that keep me going so I wouldn't say I have any mad weird habits or anything no but that's real that's what real people do I love that so good food yeah nice. so what did I say I yeah, a nice glass of wine you yeah. know yeah um, yeah love just all the simple, the simple things, things. Yeah, that's amazing. So absolutely love this. And so what I feel like you've given us lots of little sound bites of inspiration there that lots of people that are creative or that even people that just want to start a business on their own, you've given lots of little little bits of goodness. So thank you for that. But what I'm going to do before we wrap it up, and this is where I'm doing with a lot of these podcasts, yeah. is I'm asking for a little story. I know you've given us a few there, mm-hmm. but have you got any little story over the last 10, 12 years that you've learned or something that you can share with us? I was thinking about it can be really a story random now, it can and be. it is a bit <laughs> random, but I think it also ties back to what you were saying about balancing your life with your job and trying to balance everything out. Because like for me, I was when I started out very obsessed with my work and I still am, but I've learned that being overproductive it doesn't get you anywhere sometimes you know it can just stress you out so it's like finding that balancing act but for me I would be a big believer in manifestation yes my and kind the of girl. universe <laughs> and I think the story relates to my personal life but also my work life so I met my fiance during COVID and we met on a dating app and obviously, you know yourself, Maura, you'd be very cautious about what you'd say. And I sure do know myself. You would, <laughs> who you would give information to. And my profile was quite, uh, it, you know, I wouldn't have had anything about my business on it or any personal information like that. So just in case they do background checks. <laughs> you just, and you know, because you're on social media, you just, I wouldn't be so much into that. But when we met, it was during the height of COVID and 
the funny story is that my now fiance said, I know this is weird, but I actually have met you before. And the funny side to the story is that every Christmas and maybe some of your listeners will go attend the show, but I would have uh, participated in Gifted, which is a show in the RDS, a Christmas show, and it's where you sell all your work. And it's for me, my favorite time of the year, because what you were saying earlier, it's like interacting with your customers and it's just such a good adrenaline rush to see your customers buy your products and so nice. But over all those years of doing that show, I have few people in my mind because I have certain customers. So one of my customers comes back every year. This woman is in her 80s. We take a photo together. Cute. And uh, (laughs) other customers and their sisters and they come back every year and they buy pieces for each other. It's so sweet. But then another customer that's just ingrained in my mind is this little boy who was like probably 10 or 12 at the time and he would buy jewellery for his sister and then he'll come back another year and buy jewellery for his mom. And in fairness, it's not every day that you would see a little boy take out his pocket money and buy a gift. So it was just the sweetest thing. So when I matched with this guy on social media, he's like, I know who you are. My little brother has actually bought jewellery from you. It's very weird. I was like, oh my God, is that the little boy that that buys my jewellery? And so my fiance is his older brother. And oh I was gosh. like, is it that amazing how things come full circle? So did the little boy go home and be like, bro, so, I've got the perfect woman for you. <laughs> it's so funny. Actually, I think what happened was, and it's kind of embarrassing, that one year his little brother and my now fiance came to my stand to buy jewellery and he was there. But I, <laughs> partly all my attention was on the little brother. Because I was like, oh, he came back and he's so sweet and he's buying jewellery. So the Uh, universe was was waving this shiny man in front of you and you didn't see it at the time. And in fairness, at the time, I think he was living in New York. We were living in different places. But it's such a nice story because it's so pertinent to my own personal life and my work. And, you know, how things come full circle and how possibly they manifest. Yeah. And I also think that your business brought you your true love. That is so true. I'd like to think that it's a real (laughs) Disney story. I love that guy. So see the way we we hear about the apps. I think it's so important to keep swiping on the apps if you're looking for your love and you never know someone that you connect (laughs) with might be connected some other way. Hopefully. I love that. Thank you so much, Blaheen. Lots of love. And thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Maura. Namaste. Thank you. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you're feeling as inspired as I am. What a woman. Check Blaheed Ennis out. Look her up online. Maybe it's the perfect little little Christmas gift uh, for yourself or your friend this year. Great to support Irish and handmade jewellery. Slow fashion all the way. But let's do a little meditation. Let's just take a little moment to come back. Relax your shoulders. Let's take our two hands onto our belly over our navel. And then just simply breathe into your belly. Inhale for one, two, three. Pause for one, two, three. And exhale, deflate the belly for one, two, three. Hold it empty for one, two, three. Now again, inhale for one, two, three, four, hold the belly full for one, two, three, four, and exhale the belly empty for four, three, two, one, hold the belly empty for one, 
two, three, four. Final round. Inhale the belly full for one, two, three, four, five. And empty the belly, empty for five, four, three, two, one. Take a moment with the eyes closed. Let's choose our mood for the rest of this day. Hands together, rub them together, gather new light, new energy. Namaste to you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I will be back in your ears. <laughs>